Dear friends in Christ, we're going to be focusing on the epistle from James chapter 4. Not too long ago, I had the opportunity to actually read a book, a book with words and didn't have Clifford or Go Dog Go in it, so it was a really good book by Coach John Wooden. Anyone ever heard of that individual, John Wooden? He coached the UCLA basketball team, mountains of trophies, accolades, one of the best coaches of all time. There was one chapter in this book that really stood out to me, and he talked about three things in this one chapter. The first one was doing the little things and doing them well. And he went on to tell the story about how this top high school recruit was looking forward to coming to the UCLA campus and being part of a John Wooden practice, and he was expecting there to be, you know, just like shoes squeaking across the floor, sweat flying everywhere. But when he opened the doors, he saw Coach Wooden down on his hands and knees working with each of his players to help them put their socks on properly, to make sure their shoes were tied. And this top recruit was like, what, what's going on? This is, I'm here to play basketball, not to have. But Coach Wooden's point was, you can't rebound, you can't dribble, you can't score baskets if your socks are on improperly and you have blisters or your shoes aren't tied right and you roll your ankle. So his whole point was you need to do the little things and big things will happen. Another chapter he talked about how the people that were, if he had like a 14-person team, how the depth chart would work. He said that the people that were like 13, 14, that sat way at the end of the bench were just as important and were treated just as importantly as those who were out on the floor because whenever there was a victory, it wasn't just all the guys on the floor that did all the hard work. It was the guys who were off down at the bench that got these five starters ready for the game. And he would go on to say that it's teamwork that makes the dream work. And then finally, in this chapter, he went on to talk about how humility is how people measure success. It's not about chest pumping, right? And look at me. It's about being humble and acting like you've been here before. I read a, a, an interesting article about Barry Sanders. He was a running back for the Detroit Lions when they were good many, many years ago. And whenever he would score a touchdown, he would turn around and hand the ball to the official just very simply and go, here, I'll be back. There was no look at me. There was no celebration. It was just humility. Now, you may go, well, okay. What, what does this have to do with what we're talking about today? Well, friends, I would like to think that Coach Wooden read the book of James, because in our text today, we're going to 
hear from this New Testament congregation, those three things, that we need to do the little things. Teamwork is, is big. And so is humility. This book was written by the brother of Jesus after Jesus had ascended into heaven. So get that point in your head now. The More than likely, a lot of the people here saw Jesus, knew Jesus, hung out with Jesus, and again, Jesus ascends into heaven. Why is this book in the Bible? Because this Christian congregation decided to become fat cats. And by that, I simply mean this. They're like, well, we know Jesus died. We know Jesus rose. We're just going to sit on our hands and we're not going to do anything. We're just going to wait for Jesus to come. So James needs to give them and you and me a little spiritual upside the head to say, "Mm -mm. God's got plans for you. First of all, he starts out this way, submit yourselves then to God. <laughs> when I do pre-marriage counseling or anytime we go over that, you know, if people don't understand the word biblical submission, I love it because husbands are nudging wise. Hey, you listen to that woman, he said submit. And if you think that's correct, the way submission is, you're wrong. Greek puts it very clearly. It is willingly placing yourself under someone else's direction. Someone explained it like this once, and again, I see some of our Packer fans out here so you can understand this. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, quarterback. Devontae Adams, receiver. All right? They go into the huddle. Aaron Rodgers has the play. What does Devontae Adams have to do? Go, nope, I ain't running that play. I'm going to do my own thing. No. Devontae Adams willingly places himself under Aaron Rodgers' care and says, okay, I'll trust you. I'll be here. You get me the ball. And you know then that magic happens, right? That doesn't mean that Devontae Adams is inferior or his opinion doesn't count or he, he couldn't say to the, to the quarterback, well, I think maybe we should, in the end, really, it's up to Aaron Rodgers and what he thinks and says, right? That's biblical submission. Willingly placing yourself under someone's direction. Doesn't mean you're less. So what does that mean for me and you when it says submit yourselves then to God? I think it sounds like the first commandment. You shall have no other gods. Right? Put God number one in your life. How hard is that? I have this right here, my heart. And there's always things that are more important than God. Right? And sometimes God, or excuse me, the devil can even make it be things that are, are good, like my kids. My kids deserve all my attention. And I'm not saying you just forget about your kids. But sometimes it's, it, the world we live in is sports, 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 sports. Okay, you'll get a little bit left over God. Or it's about, right now, I'm thinking of this guy, I don't know, he's got a different robe than what our pastors wear. He better hurry this up. I got things I got to do today. Where's God in here? Little things. What are little things that creep into our heart that take the place of God? 
And understand this, James says, resist the devil and he will flee from you. The devil has been there since Adam and Eve fell into sin. Say, oh, did God really say that? And that's where the devil comes in. There will be times in your life where things aren't going well. There are struggles. There are difficulties. And the devil will be like, oh, if God really loved you, he wouldn't let you go through what you're going through right now. So you just need to push him out of your heart. James gives that congregation and he gives you and me some advice. He says, come near to God and he will come near to you. In other words, we need to get as close to God as possible. And I'm not just talking here for the one hour, but what can we do to get as close to God? Is it maybe a prayer? Is it, is it maybe devotion? Is it something when we are outside of these walls and we are in the world that we can stay close to God? Hard? Because there's always going to be that tug of war. But it's the little things. Right? Is, is there a little thing that we can do? We can fall down and say, God, forgive me for the times that I have put X, Y, and Z in place of you. You know what's great about that? He forgives us. He assures us of that in the sacrament. What's nice here, I love this in verse 9, it says, Grieve, mourn, and wail. Change your laughter to mourning and your joy to gloom. People will be like, hey, that's why I don't go to church, because they want you to be miserable all the time. No, no, no. You have to understand the context of this. Right? The people were not calling other people out on sin. They were not doing what your pastors faithfully do, preach law, right? And so James encourages us that we need to have the law to push out whatever is in our heart, but then have the gospel to assure you that you're forgiven. Teamwork makes the dream work, right? I would love to have been a fly in the wall at this church because if you read the book of James, they were just mean and nasty to each other. They would backstab, they would cut each other down, gossip, right? There's a whole section in, in the scriptures where James talks about how the tongue is, is like the rudder of a ship. Now, you got that picture in your head? Like small little rudder. And whatever direction that turns, it can turn the whole ship, right? Sometimes what comes out of our mouth, and I'm including myself, I'm ashamed to admit, gossip, whether it's true or not, the cutting down of others. Again, especially in this world where it's this side and that side and versus this side, maybe it's about just taking Christ's side and being salt and light. Because the tongue is very dangerous. I mean, you could say to me, uh, let me back up, you could slap me in the face and it'll heal. Maybe you'll say something to me, cut me. Like, hey, uh, I think uh, you notice you have a little more hair in your ears than you do on top of your head, right? <sighs> right? We all have moments where people have said stuff to us. 
and it cuts and it hurts. But again, James says this, Brothers, do not slander one another. Anyone who speaks against his brother or judges him speaks against the law and judges it. When you judge the law, you are not keeping it, but sitting in judgment on it. If I were to sum up that part of the sermon very quickly, I think we're going to say it shortly. God, forgive us. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Hard? <laughs> yeah. But you're not on your own. Think of Jesus when the nails are being pierced into his hands inside for you and for me. He's not like, oh, you guys are going to get it. He's like, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. See, Jesus went into the game. Jesus became our substitute. Jesus took on the penalty of death for you and me. So that it doesn't matter where you sit, whether it's on the floor, on the bench, wherever, that you are part of God's team. And you have a purpose. Finally, it says, humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up. Hard in today's world, right? To, to be humble, to show humility, to show love, to show forgiveness. I think that's, again, what Jesus was talking about when he said to his disciples, salt is good, but if it loses its saltiness, how can you make it salty again? Have salt in yourselves and be at peace with each other. And like the book of Numbers, yeah, there are people that may have different gifts and talents, like the Eldad and Medad, and instead of being jealous of them, remember that you're on the same team. I think of the story, the prodigal son, and, and how that fits our lives down to the T, and it, we have to humbly admit that we are just like that son. And, and if you recall, the son was somebody who more or less went up to his dad while he was still living and said, Dad, I know you're still alive, but I want what's coming to me when you die right now. I want my inheritance. And then he goes and gets his inheritance kind of on dad, goes off, spends it, lives the life, parties it up, and then in a snap it's gone. Maybe sometimes we're in that, that road and, and we've been there and there's always that, which way am I going to go, right? The son repented and came back. And how did the father treat that son when he saw him off in a distance? He's like, lock the doors. I never want to see him again. No, the father ran out, hugged him, greeted him. That's the same picture of what God has for you. When we've weighed and gone off, His grace is there. His mercy and His love to wrap around us. Humbly. Towards the end of his life, John Wooden was asked this question. What do you want to be remembered for? 
interesting answer he gave. Like, you know, somewhere like, oh, is it that one trophy? Was it this? He goes, I don't want to be remembered for any of the trophies. None of them. None. But the way I'm going to measure success is did I add value to someone's life? Friends, Coach Wooden added value to people's lives, but really, I want you to think about this. It's the one who is lifted up on the wooden cross who has made you valuable. Who has made you in, in his likeness that you are fearfully and wonderfully made so that you can make a difference in someone else's life by doing the little things, by being part of the team, and by being humble. So what's your next move? Amen.